Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. Well, today we are starting a new series. Um, If you're new to church and you're saying, what's a series? Well, it's a group of weeks that we take to talk about a topic. And I want you to know this. It began as a series, but we're turning it into a campaign. And we're going to ride this desire, this plea as a church that we're making to God till the end of the year. And we're going to be talking about the anointing. We're going to be talking about a fresh anointing. Now, I don't know about you, but when we first came up with the topic, and I'm going to tell you how it came to be, the first thing I thought of was those televangelists on TV, right? The guys that throw the coats and that do all that funny stuff. But I want you to know that that's not the idea that the Bible has behind the idea of fresh anointing. And uh, this campaign that that we're starting today was really birthed in the heart of our senior pastor. And uh, as he was getting ready to come back from his sabbatical uh, on his last few weeks, he said that one of the Sundays, he heard a voice that was not audible, but he knew it it was from God that said, move in your anointing. And he said that the first thing he thought of was Benny Hinn, you know, and he kind of dismissed it, but that the voice kept saying to him, move in your anointing. He sensed that it was from God, so he tuned his his heart towards God and that God told him, fresh anointing. So he spent some time in prayer and in study, and in the study, he learned that God was telling him that he wants to take us to a new dimension. Listen, a fresh anointing is about going to a new glory. It's about going to a new stage. And God told him very clearly, I want to do something new, not just in you, but in every single person in every single one of our campuses. That includes you and me. So today we're going to be talking about that. There's something new that God wants to do in you. And let me tell you something. Can, can, Can we put off our masks for a minute? Can we just be honest? There's many of us in here that we are desperate for something new in our life. We need a new character. We need new strength. We need a new vision. We need a new marriage. We need new kids. And I'm not talking about having new ones, but God transforming the ones we have, right? We need a new heart. We need a new heart because the one we have is cold and hurt and scarred. So we need God to do something new. And we believe that he's inviting us to do that. So today we're going to start, and today's going to be the introduction, but today we're going to start a new campaign that we're calling Fresh Anointing. And I invite you to get excited with me over what God is going to do because he's something powerful, something new, and something wonderful in your lives. I believe that with all my heart. Amen? If you agree with me, can we pray and then we jump into God's word? 
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you because, Lord, it's awesome to be in your presence. It's awesome to pour out our hearts, Lord, to you. It's so awesome to feel loved by the people around us. But, Lord, the main reason we came is because we need to be transformed by your word. At the end of the day, if we just felt good, if somebody loved us, but if nothing changed inside of us, then we go back the same way we walked in, Lord. But, but, but if your word... If your word penetrates our heart, if your word gives fruit in our life, well, then today could be the day that really changes the directory, that changes the course of our life. And that is what we want you to do. Lord, we want to be obedient and sensitive to your invitation to a new season. Lord, many of us, we've been dragging our feet. Many of us, we've gone through some horrible years, horrible months. And we can no longer continue to live that way. Some of us, we've been hiding our sorrow and our pain and our sadness for far too long. Some of us, we've been chained by an addiction, a sin for far too long, and it's destroying us. You are going to pour fresh oil on us this morning, and you're going to do something new and wonderful. And we receive that in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. If you would open up your bullet side of it, there's an outline. Did you pull that out? Look at what Psalm 9210, uh, David speaking, and he says, You have grown strong like the horn of a wild ox. Picture a wild ox, the big horns. And he says, I was anointed with fresh we're talking, uh, we're, we're beginning a campaign where we're talking about a fresh anointing because we need a fresh oil to anoint somebody, man, to rub oil on something or someone. Would you fill that out in your outlines? To anoint somebody, as we talk about a fresh anointing, you need to know what the Bible means, what it literally means to anoint. And to anoint means to rub or to smear oil on something or someone. Now, you need to know that biblically speaking, people were anointed, but so were items. So were things. The utensils in the tabernacle, they were anointed. Oil was smeared on them, and then they were separated for the use of God. Now, as we begin this campaign, we're asking God to smear His oil, Holy Spirit, His power upon us so that He could do something new. In the Old Testament, if you study the Old Testament, there was a ceremony that was celebrated, and it was the, the anointing ceremony. And during the ceremony, Oil was poured upon kings, upon priests, upon prophets, and about six quarts of oil was poured upon these individuals. And as they poured it, the meaning behind the anointing was, first of all, that God was separating that person, that God was saying, this individual belongs to me. I am going to use them for my purpose 
plans. We just finished talking about better decisions uh, to have fewer regrets, right? And we said that one of the keys was to follow God's plan for our life. So when, when somebody was anointed, the meaning behind it was, first of all, that God was separating an individual, that, what, that God was separating an item, and he was saying, this individual is for my purpose. So that means no one can mess with it. That means that it can't be used for other things. But it also meant that God's authority was upon that individual. When a king was anointed, it was recognized that it was God who was placing his favor, his authority, and his power upon that individual. When a prophet was anointed, it was recognized that it was God who would speak through that individual. When a priest was anointed, it was recognized that this individual was set apart, but that they were also in power, that they were also equipped to represent God's people before the Lord. Now, you need to know, and we'll, we'll look at this in the coming weeks, that God gave Moses specific instructions about the kind of oil to use for an anointing. And he said, this has got to be a sacred uh, recipe. You cannot duplicate this recipe and use it as fragrance in your house. You cannot take this recipe and use it as medicine for your animals because oil was also used to heal. He said, this is separated and this is going to be used to anoint individuals. Now, it was a special oil and we'll look at those. What I want to do today is I want to tell you the number one reason that God would anoint people. But before I do that, I want to illustrate to you what it looked like to anoint somebody. Because we, we, we anoint people here at church. And we'll grab a little, a little flask like this and uh, we'll put some oil in our finger and then just put some on your forehead. Because, you know, we don't want to smear your makeup. We don't want to dirty your clothes. And uh, we believe that the, the power is symbolic, not necessarily in the amount of oil. But what I want to do today is that I want to semi-illustrate what it looked like to really anoint somebody. And the Bible said that when they would anoint somebody, that six quarts of oil were used. Just so you have an idea, this is about two quarts. So it was, it, it was a lot of oil. And I want to ask Miguel to come up here. Miguel's going to join me and... Uh, he volunteered and, uh, you know, picture that Miguel is, is David and I'm Samuel, the prophet. And if you know the story, and we'll look at it in a bit, when, when the prophet would come before the individual that God had chosen to be the next king, he was recognized before others. The anointing never happened. In, it always happened in family. And the, the prophet would take the oil and he would say, Miguel, we recognize that God's calling is upon you. We recognize that God has chosen you as his servant. So we anoint you 
We, we ask that his favor and power would be upon you and that he would move through you and that his kingdom would come through you and we bless you and we ask that he would guide you and give you his authority and his power and his spirit would lead you in every step of the way. Now, Check this out. When somebody got anointed like that, you couldn't hide it. Have you read that psalm? That, are you okay, Miguel? It's the Holy Spirit, my friend. Here you go. Have you ever read that psalm that says how precious and how beautiful it is when brothers dwell in harmony? It is like the oil that runs down Aaron's beard. This is why. Because the anointing that started at the top would go all the way down. Now, here's what you need to know. I couldn't duplicate the specific oil that the Bible calls, but it was a beautifully smelling, fragrant oil. And when the prophets were anointed, there was a fragrance to them. Now, check this out. There was a fragrance to them. And, and, and whenever they walked through the people, there was a, a sweet aroma that the produced in their lives. So this is what it's like to be anointed. And this is what God wants to do in your life. He doesn't, he doesn't want to come in and, well, you know, I'll give you a little bit. No, he wants to give you the whole thing. He wants to do something new. You know, the oil makes a difference. All of you are looking at Miguel and not at me because you're, you're looking, how, can he breathe? Can he see? How is he going to walk out with that oil? Well, guess what? When God anoints you, people are going to look at you too. And they said, how, how are they going to walk? How are they going to live? How are they going to love? Lord, we thank you for Miguel. Thank you, Miguel. He'll make his way out there carefully. Look at, look at what the Bible says. Acts 2.17 right there in your outlines. How many say, Pastor, I want God to give me a fresh oil. I want a fresh anointing. Amen. Look at what Acts 2, 7 says. It says, in the days, God says, I will pour out what? My spirit. Check this out. On who? On all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will what? Will dream dreams. This is, this is the promise of God that in the last days, God would pour out his spirit, right? The anointing, the pouring out on what? On our flesh. So you know what this means? It means that the anointing is not just for me as a pastor. It means that the anointing is not just for Steve as a pillar of the church. It means it's also for you because you're a mom that the anointing is also for you because you're a boss that the anointing is also for you because you're a student in the university and God's desire is to anoint to pour out his spirit upon all people here's why why does God want to pour out his spirit here's the number one reason okay first of all obviously to set apart but second because any time that God got ready to do something new he began by anointing somebody anytime that God said okay I'm taking my people into the next step or I want to reveal he always began by anointing somebody you want something new in your life some of you you can 
longer continue to live where you are. You need something new. And that new drugs are not going to give it to you. That new money cannot offer it to you. That new is not within you. That new comes from God. And the way gives it to you is by anointing you, by giving you the power, the presence, the authority, the guidance of the Holy Spirit so that you can have the way to go into the new that God wants to take you in. So, so I don't know about you. Maybe I'm the only one that's excited, Steve, but I need God to take me to a new place. Some of you, God is, is taking you to a new season and you don't know how you're going to make it because it looks dark. It looks lonely. It looks difficult. But he brought you here this morning to tell you that he's going to give you a fresh anointing so that what look like what was going to destroy you is actually what he's going to use to launch you forward. Amen. So we are believing that God is going to do something new. Uh, I was talking with somebody yesterday that I hadn't seen in a couple of years, and they were asking me about COVID and, and how that affected the church and everything. And, you know, it got me thinking, man, 2020 and 2021 really mess with us. I don't know about you, but they mess with me. And I have to be honest. Those two years took some things from me that I want God to give me back. Those two years did some things in me that I need God to undo. So what I want is a fresh anointing. I don't want to keep living on old experiences with God. Oh, remember back in 1995 when I went to the camp and God touched me so powerfully? Well, that was great. But from 1995 to now, you've sinned a lot and the oil has rusted. You need a fresh anointing. You need fresh oil. Because God wants to do something new in you. And, and, And let me make it clear in case you haven't gotten it by now. You need the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. That's what the oil symbolizes. Right? That's why in the New Testament we constantly hear, do not be drunk with wine, but instead be what? Drunk, filled with the Holy Spirit. And God wants to pour. Let me give you three examples, three examples of how when God got ready to do something new, he began by anointing somebody. Are you with me? Are you ready? Can you elbow somebody and tell them, I want something new. I want powerful. I want something great from God. Number one, here's the first example. Ready something new. He began anointing. The first example is, I just alluded to David earlier. David was anointed for a new stage in his life and in the life of the nation of Israel. Of us, we know the story. The little shepherd boy out in the fields became the greatest and the most well-known king that Israel has ever had apart from Jesus Look at what 1 Samuel 16, 13 says. It says, so as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from Can I tell you that anytime God gets ready to do something new, he begins with an anointing? 
We all got that, that one day, the day he walked away, the day I found out I had cancer, the day that my business went to ruin, the day that I found out the bad news about my child. I want to tell you that for every bad day, God wants to give you a that day when he poured his spirit upon you and he began to heal you and he began to restore you and he began to reveal his power upon you. So for every bad day, God wants to give you an anointing day. The Bible says that from that day on, the, the Lord came powerfully upon David. And you know the rest of his story. You know his victories. You know conquers did he make mistakes absolutely but his mistakes did not destroy him so as, as David is being anointed Samuel is declaring him the new king now literally he's not the new king he's still this rugged wonderful beautiful shepherd teenager boy but he's no king but notice what Samuel said he said you are God's anointed. You are the new king. It hadn't happened yet, but God said it did. Amen. And from that day on, God began to move in his life to get him to the place where he needed to take him. God can take in significant people like you and me and make significant things through us. Did you know that? God can take a child, an immigrant child from, from La Barranca, Huascalientes, Mexico, and bring him to L.A. and use him to minister, to heal, to help others. And God can use somebody like you. Maybe you're broken. Maybe you say, I've messed up and I haven't done many things right. But you know what? God can take the weak and broken things of this world and use them for his glory. Amen. God can take insignificant people and make wonderful things out of them but we need his anointing because his anointing is his authority over us his anointing is his power over us his anointing is his guidance over us so David is the first example that God declared not as if they were and then he leads them to become what he said they would be Amen. church one of the best things you can do is figure out what God has said about you. Because what he has said about you is what should and can become true. Amen. The problem is that some of us, we're fighting God because he's, he's said some things about us, but we want something else. And let me tell you that if you are doing that, you're fighting God and God is an undefeated champion. Amen. And you're not about to be the first person to defeat him. Amen. Let me give you the second example. The second example is Jesus. Would you fill that out? Jesus was anointed to begin his ministry on earth. Anointing is so significant that in the Old Testament, there was prophecies about the, the coming king, the one king that would save God's people. And we now know that that king was not David, was not, was not even Solomon, that that king is the true king, King Jesus. Now, check this out. In the Old Testament, Jesus is referred to as the Messiah. Messiah is the Hebrew word. In the New Testament, he's referred as the Christ. And that is the Greek word. The Greek and Hebrew word for what? For anointed. When you say Jesus Christ, what you're saying is Jesus, the anointed one. 
When you say Jesus the Messiah, what you're really saying is Jesus the anointed one. And you have to, you have to see that it was God who anointed Jesus to launch him into his ministry, the greatest ministry you will ever see, the ministry that changed your life and my life. Look at what Acts 10.38 says. And they know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with what? With power. Then Jesus went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed by the devil because what? God was with him. Recall, remember, remember when Jesus is at the synagogue and he grabs a scroll and it's Isaiah and he reads for the spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me. And he begins to, to, to mention the things that this anointing is going to do through him. It's going to give sight to the blind. It's going to set the captives free. It's going to proclaim the good news of the gospel. Over the coming weeks, we're going to look at the benefits of the anointing. The actions that the anointing has. The anointing heals. The anointing empowers. The anointing makes a way. And we're going to look at these things. But it's a to say that Jesus is perhaps the greatest example that any time that God got ready to do something new, he began by anointing somebody. Amen. Look, look at what Luke 3.22 says. And the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. And that is Jesus. And a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son and you bring me great joy. I want you to notice something about that passage. Notice what God says about Jesus. And he says, you are my son, and I love you, and I am proud of you. That's Nestor's version of that verse, right? But notice that God, Father God says that about Jesus before Jesus did any miracles. Before Jesus gave any strong, significant teachings. Why? Because like David... He was declaring Jesus to be and do what he knew Jesus would become and do. Amen. And I want you to know, some of you, you're running from God because you're saying, I got to give my life right because if I come to God, he's like my dad and he's going to spank me. Let me tell you, nobody sees the best in you like God does because he was the one who put the best in you. And nobody will see the worst in you like the devil, yourself, and your suegra. I'm joking. I am joking. But David is an example, and Jesus is an example. Here's the third example, in case you say, well, those are biblical examples. Can you give us a fresh one, Pastor? Absolutely. The third example is in this room, right? The third example is that we are also anointed. There's people in this room that can't sing without the anointing of Jesus. I definitely couldn't preach to you without the anointing of Jesus. There's people in this room that are here because God has protected them and empowered them and led them and blessed them. We are also anointed. Look at what 1 John 2, 20, 20 says. It says, but you have the anointing of the Holy One and you all know it. And in case you didn't know it, well, I want to tell you this morning that you 
have also been anointed, that you have also been set apart, that there's some things that God wants to do through you, in you, and around you, and that he wants to pour out his spirit upon you. He wants to give you authority over your struggles. He wants to give you strength over your weaknesses. He wants to give you vision for the dreams that he, uh, and, and direction for the dreams that he has given you. You and I are also of any time that God wants to do something new, he anoints us. Now, here you got to know, especially when it comes to us, the anointing, the anointing doesn't take anything away from you. So some people think, well, you know, if I get serious with God, then, you know, I'm going to be a dull piece of old bread. The anointing doesn't take anything away from you. The anointing takes what you already have and it enhances it. It empowers it. It multiplies it. And it takes you to what you really want. See, because what we really want is what God put in our hearts. We want peace. We want joy. We want significance. We want to be loved. But what sin and the enemy does is that they trick us into thinking that the way we do that is not God's way but his way. And that's where we get into trouble. And I want you to know that the anointing doesn't take anything away from you. It enhances what you have. You become a better teacher when you have the anointing. You become a better parent when you have the anointing. You become a better student when you have the anointing. You become a better citizen when you have the anointing because the anointing takes what you already have and it enhances it. Some of you, you, you you've been frustrated because you feel like you're not going anywhere, you're not getting anywhere, well, it's the flow and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. But the good news is that God has brought you this morning because he's getting ready to do something new, not just in Dayspring, not just in Dayspring Palmdale, not just at La Iglesia, not just at La Iglesia in Arizona. He's getting ready to do something in every single one of us. Twenty-seven says, if I have not convinced you to run after anointing, to desire it, look, look at this passage. It says, it shall come to pass that in that day, his burden will be taken away from your shoulders and his yoke from your neck. And the yoke will be destroyed because of what? Some of you, you have a yoke. And a yoke is a burden. A yoke is something that stops you. And you've tried getting rid of it. You've tried breaking the bad habit. You've tried overcoming the sin. But you can't because you need fresh oil. You need the anointing of God. It's not going to be putting an extra password on your computer. It's going to be the Holy Spirit renewing your mind and your heart so that you don't have those cravings in that computer. It's not about, about, oh, well, I just need to vent. No, it's about the Holy Spirit giving you peace in your heart so that when you are riled up, you can act maturely and, re and respond godly. Amen. The anointing breaks the yoke. Some of you, you're praying for things that something is hindering it. And I am believing that the anointing is going to break that hindrance and that that blessing and that answer is going to respond, it's going to come. The anointing makes all the difference. 
The anointing makes all the difference. If you're going through a new stage, wanted or unwanted, I want you to know that the anointing makes all the difference. If you're going through a tough season, I want you to know that the anointing makes all the difference. If you're trying to but just can't, I want you to know that the anointing makes the difference. If you're saying, I've got an attitude and I hate it, I want to change it, but I can't. I want you to know that the anointing makes the difference. If God is inviting you into a next big step of faith in what he has for you, but you're afraid because you don't have all the details, I want you to know that the anointing makes the difference. So what we're going to do during this, this campaign is that we're going to anoint you. And every week we're going to minister a different aspect of that anointing. We're going to talk about deliverance. We're going to talk about healing. We're going to talk about empowering. But today is not going to be the exception. We want to begin today. I want to ask the worship team if they would come up. We want to open up the altar and we want to anoint you. But, but listen, as they, as they come, don't get distracted. Listen to me. Here's what we want to do. Here's what we want to do. We want to anoint you. Number one, in over your life, that you are set apart from God. And here's what that means. That means the enemy can't touch you anymore. That means the enemy has no authority over you. That means people can't, people, when people, when people try to hurt you, there's going to be a protection of God over you. We want to set you apart. But, but that also means that you're going to begin to live a different way. Because you're no longer living for your flesh. You're living for God. But So we anoint you because we want to set you apart and declare you for God. But the second thing that we want to do, anoint you, is we want to come in agreement with you. That there's something new that God is going to do in your life. And only you and the Holy Spirit know that. But we are going to unite with you in saying, yeah, you know, there's a cancer that came over Steve, but there's a new season that God is going to bring over his life. Amen. You know, he said something so powerful yesterday in prayer. He said, cancer is dying and I am living. I don't know what the new season you need is. Some of you, you need a new life without a bitter heart. Or you need a new season with your kids for God to restore and redeem that relationship. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare him your God. No one loves you like Jesus and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you and now you have a new life in him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Dayspring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.